Wherever your adventure takes you, it's nice to know you can travel well with a little help by your side. The Vacay Podcast, thanks to NIB Travel Insurance. Before you know it, you're driving to the airport. Patting your pocket, checking for your passport, wheeling your suitcase along the shiny floors and glancing up at your flight departure time on the board. Then it's takeoff time. Welcome to the Vacay Podcast with me, Sophie Jackson. We'll cover it all. Great places to visit and stay, travel tips, insights, inspo and more. So whatever your plans, cruising, flying, package tours or solo adventures, you'll be inspired by the Vacay. Thanks to NIB, travel insurance to help you on your way. Let's see where we are off to today. On today's episode, I'm joined by Hello World Travel Branch Manager, Lee. Lee, firstly, thank you so much for joining me. No, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about today's episode because A, I've never been there and B, I don't know that much about it. So I'm really excited to pick your brain. Lee, can you tell us where you're taking us today? Yeah, yeah. One of my favourite places in the world and that's uh, Borneo. I was just doing a little quick Google before and I was like, I feel really um, silly. So I'm so excited to have a professional Borneo person to, on the episode today. Lee, can you tell me all about how we even get there? Uh, yeah, there's actually a couple of uh, ways from Australia. Um, I guess the most uh, direct and easiest way is to go via one of the uh, the major hubs like uh, Kuala Lumpur or Singapore. So you can obviously go d- direct to uh, one of those uh, airports. And from there, it's just uh, from KL or Kuala Lumpur, it's a direct uh, flight, a domestic flight over to Kota Kinabalu. How long is that flight from KL? Uh, not too much. It's uh, probably about four, four and a half hours. Oh, okay. That's not so bad. And yeah. just on a basic level, we don't need a visa or anything to get into Borneo? No, well, Borneo is actually made up of, uh, there's actually three countries uh, that uh, occupy Borneo or the island of Borneo, uh, being Indonesia, uh, Malaysia, and then um, the Brunei itself. So they all occupy land space on the island. Um, I myself have been to Malaysian Borneo, which is uh, one of my favourite places, as I said. And so that's what we'll probably hone in on today? Yes. yes. Uh, okay, so what can we expect? We've arrived in Malaysian Borneo. What to, what would a traveller um, be greeted with? Um, first of all, it's an absolutely stunning, beautiful tropical island. So everything that you'd expect from a tropical island, palm trees, rainforests, beautiful beaches, um, and uh, some things that people may not realise that is there. Again, absolutely amazing food and culture, along with a diverse amount of wildlife as well. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. And so in terms of accommodation, is there a good range from sort of budget to luxury or is it more high end? No, 100%. It really does cater for everything, depending on uh, what you're experiencing at any given time. So uh, again, just using my own personal experiences from when I was there, uh, the first few days upon arriving, we stayed at this beautiful uh, five-star resort that had absolutely everything, 17 restaurants, spas, kids clubs. It actually had its own uh, country club and golf club uh, attached, uh, uh, including a squash club, uh, being a bit of a a sports uh, uh, person myself had absolutely everything that I wanted to. However, when we flew over to the sort of um, 
east side of the island where we did more of the eco side uh, checking out the orangutan sanctuaries we literally stayed in a uh, eco um cabin is probably the best way to describe it where it was a, a bathroom and a light bulb is probably oh, the, uh, the <laughs> back to, back to <laughs> so basics <laughs> absolutely uh, and I actually got a lot out of both obviously you know you you you, you work hard you play hard and uh, to go to these fantastic resorts is absolutely amazing and you get life out of your system and you relax but to actually go back to a, a basic place where you can hear the, um, the sounds of the rainforest at night with with no interference uh, from, you know, a TV or a mobile phone going on. Uh, I think that there's something to be said for that as well. I think it's the best way to travel. You get both. I mean, you, you're so right. You do work hard and you want to go and sort of go, I'm going to go and get a spa treatment and have a, you know, beautiful dining experience. But then being able to have that other side, which it's rare to experience that kind of side of things where, uh, you know, in Australia, it's so nice to have that too. What kind of wildlife are we talking about when you're saying rainforest and wildlife what's there um i guess the um the most famous one is the uh the orangutans they're, they're native to to borneo and um to see them I, I would say in the wild because ultimately uh, the place that i saw them was a rehabilitation center but it's actually in the um in the national park themselves they just know that this is a place that, that they can go they're being rehabilitated uh, obviously with a lot of deforestation and the palm oil um, industry that's there in Borneo, a lot of them are de- uh, displaced. There's a lot of work going on to reforest the um, the island and uh, obviously those displaced uh, orangutans right through from your very infants uh, that are very, very yeah. tiny and still in their mother's ha- uh, arms to full-grown adults. Um, uh, again, just an absolutely amazing experience. Um, that's at the Sepalok Orangutan uh, Rehabilitation Centre. Um, and I encourage anyone who goes anywhere near Borneo to uh, to make the effort to uh, to get there. Absolutely amazing experience. Obviously, being wild animals, they encourage you not to hold them or, or <laughs> you know, yeah. entice them over. But again, being wild animals and being in, as inquisitive as they are, there's nothing to stop them approaching you. And I had an absolutely fantastic experience where uh, an orangutan, a juvenile, actually put his hand out. I got to hold a, an orangutan's hand. It was uh, just uh, one of those um, memories you're, you're going to take to the grave. You know, I hope someone got a picture. Amazing. Oh, absolutely, oh, yes. Yeah, my pride, God, Quite a place on the mantelpiece, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What an amazing experience. You see pictures like that and you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe that's actually happened to you. Was it just was it emotional in any way? Like I know that sounds weird, but it would be just bizarre. Yeah. It was because you're not going in with that expectation. You, 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 I guess when you go to these places, you have like a safari park image in mind and yes. that you're going to see these animals from afar. Um, and, yeah, we were on a um, sort of a boardwalk that they sort of um, obviously shuffle you through as, uh, as human beings, but the, uh, the animals have complete free reign. And for them to approach us unexpectedly, it was quite an emotional experience for sure. That sounds amazing, Lee. Well, that's definitely one thing on the bucket list when you're in Borneo. If you're packing essentials for your next travel adventure, consider making room for this, NIB Travel Insurance, and make your trip memorable for all the right reasons. Great holiday memories are priceless, but not unexpected hiccups. Whether you're hiking through New Zealand or cruising on picturesque Mediterranean waterways, NIB has a range of plans to suit your trip. Get a quote at nib.com.au slash adventure. Consider the PDS, TMD, and if this product is right for you, issue a Pacific International Insurance. What are some other must-see places and experiences that you have to do? 
Um, or just just on the uh, the animal front, uh, the, the orangutans were definitely uh, the, the highlight, but uh, uh, also the proboscis monkey. So we went out into the mangrove forest and saw these uh, uh, proboscis monkeys. They're the ones that are famous for the big sort of bell nose. Um, again, just seeing them play with each other in their troops was just quite experience. We did a, a mangrove um, river cruise where we saw kingfishers. I'm a bit of a um, amateur photographer, so the uh, the wildlife that you can see. Um, and the, the imagery that you can get from a, from a photography point of view was absolutely amazing. And the pygmy elephants, again, didn't uh, get too close to those, uh, just based on the, <laughs> you just can't uh, <laughs> trust what an elephant might do. And no. if you do catch you, what, what, uh, what harm it might do to you. So from afar, again, it was just an amazing experience to see these animals in their natural habitat doing what, what, what they do without any sort of human interference is just amazing. That is so good. And so then aside from animals, is there other adventure or touristy things that really should be on the list? Definitely, yeah. Um, again, being a uh, someone who can't sit still for too long, <laughs> I like the the five-star resorts and I, I've got about two days in me to do that. Um, after I did that, I left my partner to do... Um, to do what she wanted to do but from there i went whitewater rafting i went hiking up mount kinabalu abseiling back down mount kinabalu um lots of uh flora so again if you're into your horticulture there's some uh, really diverse plants that are there that can't be found anywhere else in the world uh, the name eludes me at the moment but the the very famous uh big big flower it, it's the, oh. you know, the huge one but it, it smells like all hell but uh, that's native to Borneo as well and they only flower you know like uh, one day a year and, and something ridiculous but uh, the smell the pungentness of this thing was was quite disgusting but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah that's another thing that you can do in Borneo yes wow there's so much to do it feels like you know sometimes these um these destinations there is a lot to do and it can be overwhelming to try and navigate that yourself is it somewhere really that you can do on your own do you suggest tours Obviously, booking through an agent is ideal to help you come up with some kind of itinerary. But what do you think, Lee? Well, again, when I think when you go to these off-the-beaten-track um, places, the, the experience of, of starting the holiday in the office with a, an expert really um, sort of accentuates that because you don't know. You might go, oh, yeah, I'm into the animals, and you might make a beeline for those sorts of areas. But then when you talk to someone who's been there or a colleague of someone who has been there, you can really tap into that experience. So, um Yes, you can do it. I never felt safe or, or uh, unsafe, I should say, sorry, yeah. um, um, to the point where I felt that I, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to be here. Absolutely loved it, felt safe. The people were absolutely beautiful. But again, there's a big difference between walking around a township and saying, oh, that's a pretty building, to speaking to someone and going, this is the history of the place. This mm -hmm. is what happened here. Um, this is why it's even here in the first place, you know, and, and I think uh, that's where the day trips and the excursions, although they might cost a little bit more, actually, you know, elevate that experience to the uh, the very next level. And yeah, you can share that experience. So then when you send someone else or, uh, you know, a friend or a neighbor to those places, you can go, hey, look, there's a ways of, of saving a dollar or two by doing this, but this is what I learned. Absolutely. But I think when you go somewhere like uh, for the first time, you really want to have that uh, expertise of a local who can tell you, like I said before, what it is, why it's there and how it came to be the history of the place and why it's on the um, on the bucket list of, of things to do when you're in these destinations as well. So is it ideal really then when you're booking through an agent, say I come to you and I've obviously never been to Borneo before, can you sit down with me and go, right, okay, I'll, um, 
you know, organise a transfer to get to your first lot of accommodation. From there, we'll do a tour. From there, like, is that really sort of in your opinion because you've been there and you're also an agent to be able to say that is the most cost-effective way to do it in terms of being able to see as much and get the most out of that place? Definitely. Um, once again, I think any good agent who's who's worth their sorts will actually sit down with you as an individual, as an individual, no matter where you're going in the world, and actually find out what's important to you. So, are you looking for that flop and drop holiday? Are you an adventure junkie looking for that adrenaline fix, or or you know a, a bit of both? And then we, when we know that, uh, some people might actually find it exciting to get themselves around the place, uh, and that just um, accentuates the the holiday to to what they want to do. But on the flip side, when me uh, as an agent knows exactly what's important to you uh, i will then tailor make a holiday exactly that so if you want the comfort of having your hand held from airport to airport absolutely i would design a holiday around doing that uh, but if you like the adventure of going oh i'm just going to get there and then yes i want to know that there's a bed waiting for me but i i want to get the bus with the chickens sure. and i want to do this and i want to do that then obviously i would tailor make the holiday around what you want and I think that's the difference between us and the internet. We are, um, you know, designing the ideal holiday. Whereas to me, the internet, again, it certainly has its place in the world, but it's very transactional. It's designed to get money out of your pocket. It doesn't ask the questions and, uh, you know, elevate those holidays to the next level. A hundred percent. I think that's so wise. And you're right. You can still have a um, adventure holiday and work it out for yourself in spots and book properly. You know what I mean? And know what you're getting. Talking about Borneo and talking about what you want and and tailoring it to what you need. Is it family friendly? Like in terms of little kids and, and, and stuff, is it safe to go there? Is it worthwhile? Yeah, again, as I, as I mentioned before, the, you know, the uh, the first holiday or resort I stayed in was very family friendly. It had the spas, it had a, a choice of restaurants. So yes, you had the, you know, the local cuisine, which may not uh, necessarily appeal to a Western family, but with 17 options, if someone wanted burger and chips, they could definitely get it there. 17 the people... options. That's a, <laughs> Absolutely. That must be yeah. massive. Like a, it was. It had multiple wings and it was sort of divided by this um, this country club in the middle. So you had right. a five-star wing and this four-star wing. Um, again, as a guest of the hotel, you're welcome to go from one to the other. You could charge everything back to your room. So it, it wasn't like, you know, just because you're in the four-star wing that you were treated any different to uh, the people in the five-star wing. Right. Uh, you can go to any, any restaurant. But as I say, the facilities included uh, kids' clubs and they, they had them – uh, from two years old. Oh, wow. Uh, and, um, from from memory, they gave you a buzzer, so you, you, could, you could check your children in. You could then go and enjoy the facilities of the resorts as the parents, so they actually got a holiday out of it as well, and um, and then you'd just enjoy your time. They were um, The orangutan sanctuary was family-friendly. There were certainly families when I was there. Probably the youngest that I observed was probably about six or seven. I didn't see any of the, the very small children, but I don't remember there actually being a... Um, an age limit where yeah. they, they, they couldn't be there either. Right. Before you head off on holiday and create all those unforgettable memories, there's one thing to consider and it doesn't involve packing an extra phone charger. Travel insurance. It can be such a downer when things don't go to plan. So don't let it happen. Consider packing yourself NIB travel insurance. They have a range of domestic and international plans to protect you and your trip so you can explore the world. Don't let unexpected events like an injury, sickness, stolen belongings or cancelled 
cancelled or delayed flights keep you off track. Search NIB Travel Insurance. They'll help you on your way so you can travel well. Get a quote at nib.com.au slash adventure. Consider the PDS, TMD and if this product is right for you, issue our Pacific International Insurance. Okay, and going back to that, Lee, obviously you're saying in the bigger resorts they've got um, lots of cuisine options, but talking about sort of the greater area, what is the food like and what what's sort of the, co- the cost associated? Yeah, Malaysia in general is is uh, quite reasonable. And, um, yeah, when you're staying in a five-star resort, you um, I, I certainly wasn't paying Australian prices, but maybe a little bit more than if I'd gone into town and, and ordered the same meal. But, no, I, w- I was having um, change out of uh, a good quality you know, lunchtime, I might have had a burger and chips and I'd get change out of 12 or $13 in the evening yeah. where you might get a, uh, a beer in Malaysia. You couldn't go past the Massaman curry. So, uh, you know, uh, again, I'd probably have change out of, t- of 20 bucks for a, a good-sized uh, hearty meal like a, a big Massaman curry. So, again, it's it didn't break the bank and that was me paying the, the resort prices. Whereas in town, uh, when I went out to... Um, uh, eat where the locals were eating. I, I like to do that at least once or twice when I travel. Again, it was probably about half of that. That's pretty good. Like if I'm saying re- yeah. resort prices can be pretty, they really jack them up for the tourist trade. That's pretty good. It's pretty reasonable. I, I, I certainly wasn't uh, upset when I came back and I uh, saw what I spent that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that I uh, hadn't uh, blown the budget out completely. But uh, no, again, you know, uh, if you want to eat in the... Uh, the real fancy restaurants, it's very easy to spend your money, but um, you, it, it is a price-conscious holiday as well. You certainly don't have to break the bank by eating in, in Malaysia and even in Borneo itself. That's so good. Do you feel um, safe in Borneo? Is it sort of a safer feeling or has it got, I mean, like anywhere I suppose there's bad areas, but generally speaking you're sort of okay to walk around at night or, you know, if you're doing solo female travel, that sort of thing? Yeah, I, I, again, I, I never felt unsafe. Uh, admittedly, most of the stuff that I did to get the, the biggest bang for my buck and the best experience, I did pay for day trips and excursions to uh, so that I knew that I was looked after. But I did venture into town uh, for an evening meal. Never felt unsafe. The, the, the locals uh, certainly made me feel welcome when I ate in their restaurants. Um, so, yeah, at no point did I feel safe. I think the Malaysians or, or, you know, Far Eastern culture just tends to be very warm and welcoming anyway, you know. And the fact that uh, their economy is very, you know, dependent on the tourist trade, it's certainly in their interest to look after us and keep us safe um, at, at all times. So, yeah, never, never felt uh, threatened. Obviously, I'm not a, a single female, so yeah. I can't really comment <laughs> <laughs> to that too much. But uh, I obviously did travel with my family. And uh, again, at no point um, did we feel threatened as a family yeah. where we were getting you know, unsavory comments thrown at us or you don't belong here. No, nothing like that. It was nothing but uh, uh, an amazing experience from start to finish. That's really good to know. And just on that, is there um, public transport around? Like is that something that is a safe, safe thing to try and attempt by yourself or is it still better to get sort of private transfers and cabs? I would, just based on some of the distances involved, I think doing the, uh, the the pre-planned excursions where you have that pick-up door-to-door, you know, that you looked after would, would definitely be the way to go. But, again, uh, I think some of the fun is, um, you know, adventuring on, on public transport. If you, if you feel um, brave enough and you want to experience that, definitely 
their road systems may not be as uh, as developed as uh, some of us in the West. So again, there might be a, um, a little bit of a, a bump in the road. A pothole here and there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you can cope with that, absolutely. Um, I, I, I really don't feel that Borneo would be a place where you're constantly looking over your shoulder or feel um, unsafe. The only thing that they did tell us, uh, believe it or not, was was pirates. When we went out on the, uh, the jet ski, uh, they said, don't go too far. It's uh, Borneo is just off the coast of... Uh, southern philippines and apparently there is a bit of a uh, an issue there so if you're if you're doing self-sailing around that area it might be something to uh, to be considered but again as a land tourist that really wasn't on my <laughs> on my danger right just take the uh, the jet skis off the list when i'm in borneo <laughs> that's full on um lee what are we packing what do we really need to keep in mind when we're traveling there is it just like going to any other tropical destination or is there things that we should consider Definitely. I think, uh, again, being a, um, a, a rainforest island that's uh, ultimately equatorial, it's it's warm all year round. The two seasons are wet and wetter, you know, uh, so it's uh, it's a case of, of uh, packing appropriately. Like, like us, uh, certainly as, as a North Queenslander, you know, we have a wet season. That doesn't mean it rains for six weeks or three months at a time. You know, it just means that there's a possibility for it to rain at that time. So I think if you packed accordingly, um, you know, a light Kagul or, or, you know, Poncho, just in case it does, the heavens do open from time to time. But, you know, uh, I, I lived my uh, my 10 days uh, while I was there in, in shorts and T-shirts. Even in the evening, you know, when you are going to a nice restaurant, you might wear, a, you know, a collared shirt and a uh, pair of tailored shorts. But, mm-hmm. no, I, I was never cold, never felt cold. Um, if anything, the biggest condition was, uh, yeah, does the air condition work in this resort, you know, which, again, in the five-star places, not a problem. In the eco-resort, it was more a case of, okay, I've just got to get through the night because it was a bit uh, a bit sticky. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit warm. And maybe even just considering if you're wanting to do any of those adventure things, maybe to have sort of some more active things packed in the case. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, you know, if you are intending on doing the hike over Mount Kinabalu, it's, it's a two-day hike. Effectively, you, you leave uh, in the afternoon on day one. You get three quarters of the way up there. You stay in a, in a mountain hut and then... You know the uh, the 4 a.m. start the next day, so you can get to the summit for the uh, the 6 a.m. sunrise. Of course, you would you would pack it accordingly. Um, you know, a good set of hardy hiking shoes. If you're inclined, you can take the the walking poles and stuff like that. But it, it wasn't um, you know an, an overly difficult climb. You have to have a certain amount of fitness to uh, just because of the elevation and and it's a steep climb. Uh, but you're not over you know loose rocks or anything like that. But of course, you're not going to wear your best dancing shoes to go hiking up a mountain. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lee, how, how long do you reckon you need there? Like, what's a good amount of time? Uh, as mentioned there, I, uh, I I went for 10 days and I, I, I triple centred that. So effectively got there, had three or four days um, on the ground, flop and drop, resort-based holiday, really nice. And then from there, I flew over to Sandakan, which is where we did the orangutan and the, um, the proboscis monkeys. Mm-hmm. And then we flew back and we were there for probably three nights and then flew back to uh, Kota Kinabalu at a night or two at the end, again, just in the nice resort before we uh, we flew home. And that was a good way of doing it. As I said, first arriving, everyone's excited about holiday. And the reason we have holiday is to relax and get life out of our system sometimes. So having that, that four days at the beginning, just to do nothing. Again, like I say, I have itchy feet. So the resort had enough for me to do if that was even just going for a walk around the golf club, just to stretch my legs. We, we had that option, the spas, the uh, restaurants, all the facilities that uh, um, the sports club offered. 
But then after four days, I went over to see these animals. It really just, you know, it puts life into perspective that it, we share this planet with uh, a whole lot of diversity and, and life. And, um, you know, it's just an amazing experience. And then we came back to the uh, Kinabaloo side where we, that was more just a convenience thing. We just didn't want to fly from one side of the island yeah. to another just to get another flight. But um, yeah, no, I, I think 10 days is enough. Two weeks would be ideal where you could actually probably take in places like Brunei as well, just cross the border and, and, and tick another country off the list. It's, it's so close. Why wouldn't you do it? Mm -hmm. I, it's probably one of my regrets that I didn't do that while I was there. Um, but absolutely, I recommend Borneo to absolutely anyone. Uh, a week would be the, my minimum recommendation. A fortnight would be ideal. It sounds like the, a real all-rounder holiday and such an exciting, beautiful, diverse place to go. Lee, thank you so much for all your information on Borneo. If you're packing essentials for your next travel adventure, consider making room for this. NIB Travel Insurance and make your trip memorable for all the right reasons. Great holiday memories are priceless, but not unexpected hiccups. Whether you're travelling around Australia or indulging in a grand European adventure, NIB has a range of plans to suit your trip. Get a quote at nib.com.au slash adventure. Consider the PDS, TMD, and if this product is right for you. Issue a Pacific International Insurance. I did just want to ask you a few extra things because you are a travel professional and I love asking people these questions. Where is sure. your favourite place to holiday? Um, it, absolutely. The reason I'm talking about Borneo because that's in my <laughs> top two. Yep. Um, uh, but my, my second that always springs to mind when people ask this question is Iceland, um, ah. one of my favourite places as well. Yeah. Wow, what's so good about Iceland? I haven't heard much about that either. Um, again, it's, it's just such a dynamic, uh, rugged landscape. I, I, I went in the summer and uh, I'd actually like to go back and see it in a more frostbitten state. So despite mm -hmm. the name, Iceland is green. very green. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Greenland's very icy. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I absolutely loved it, doing the uh, the Blue Lagoon. Um, was an amazing experience to bathe there and actually cover yourself in all the, uh, the natural salts was uh, one of the, again, a bucket list uh, item that I would recommend anyone to do. If you're into your Game of Thrones and, and TV, Vikings, that sort of stuff, yes. a lot of that was filmed there. So there's a lot of um, film set tours that you could do there. And Reykjavik itself was was amazing. But because of the all the geothermal activity, the, the hills literally smoke. They, they have steam coming off them. Although there's there's no source, you, you can't see where the steam is coming. It's just all that under underground thermal activity. So you've got these beautiful green vistas with this sort of smoky haze coming through. Then you've got the geysers, which obviously are up, similar to the you know, old faithful that we've all heard about in Yellowstone, but uh, it, it happens in Thailand. And it's also where two of the um, world tectonic plates meet, and they're actually pulling apart. And there's a place in Thailand, uh, Thailand in Iceland, mm. sorry, where you can actually go and see these tectonic plates actually pulling apart. There's, there's this ridge, and it's you can walk through it these days. There's a path that goes through it. But, yeah, it's it's literally where the, um, the, the northern... Uh, American and the Euro, Euro um, tectonic plates are pulling against each other at the moment. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. That's a good one. Pop that on the list too. Lee, what are your top travel tips? Um, to me, I, as, a, as a professional and knowing that deals are, are never really far away, keep your passport valid. Never, never be without a passport. Um, even if you don't have any plans here and now, as soon as your passport expires or comes close to, keep it valid because you never know when that next uh, amazing bucket list destination might come on sale. So definitely do 
that. Um, and just use a professional. Obviously, I'm going to say that as a travel professional, but uh, the amount of people that come into my office, even on a weekly basis, it could be as simple as they just can't get through to their online supplier um, or they want to on a brochure. You know, these are, are things that we reserve for our, our paying customers. So uh, if you want the services of, uh, of the Internet, again, it certainly has its place, but it's very transactional. Here's a cheap flight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it does that. What it doesn't do is is... I guess do that troubleshooting for you. How long's the connection time? Um, do you really want that? Yes, you're, you're $300 in front here and now, but by the time you sat in an airport for 18 hours, bought yourself three meals, a magazine, you might even say, oh, I need a day room, I'm knackered now. Mm -hmm. Have you really saved $300? I, I would dispute not. You've probably wasted a day's annual leave just in the travel. So this is where we come in and go, hey, look, we might not be the cheapest, but there's value to what I'm selling you because I've listened to you. I know what's important to you and I'm actually matching the product to, to what you're telling me and not just basing it on price and price alone. I certainly have that ability, but uh, to me, it's all about getting value for money, not necessarily being the cheapest. So I'm a big, big advocate for value. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously just making sure that uh, people are safe every step of the way. Um, again, I'm very lucky with uh, with 28 years experience you know a good part of town from a bad part of town in most of the major centers so once again the internet might say of course i can sell you a hotel for a hundred dollars a night but is that really telling you that you're in the middle of the red light district in the housing estate that's uh, you know if you're not home by five o'clock you really don't want to go back i might spend an extra 30 40 of your money and make sure you're actually on the Champs-Élysées instead of yeah. <laughs> overlooking the housing estate. So to me, using a professional um, is is um, absolutely a non non negotiable to me. Um, I have enough, as I say, non customers coming in to uh, to know that I'm still relevant and have a place in this world. And the feedback you get from your customers when they do come back to say, "Hey, what an amazing experience you put together." tells me that me and my colleagues are doing an amazing job as well. And it's also that support too, isn't it, Lee? Like knowing if something does go sideways when you're on the other side of the world, that you've got someone you can report back in with and go, you know, this hasn't happened or this has changed or my flight's doing this and you've got some support on the ground to help you get that back on track. You definitely have. I mean, and again, you know, we all want our holiday to go 100% with, uh, with no um, disruptions. Um, again, in the 28 years that I've been a travel agent, we've dealt with obviously the 9-11 disasters, the Bali mm. bombings, you know, uh, the nuclear fallouts, all of which we were then um, ahead of the game where we were actually proactive looking for our customers and saying, this has happened, do you need me to get you out of there? As opposed to that customer who may not have booked with us going, how do I get out of here? What's my next step? How do I call, you know, Jetstar in Japan where English isn't widely spoken? Mm. Or if you're at the airport, you're, you know, I've probably reaccommodated my clients um, on the next flight while those persons are still zigzagging, waiting to speak to customer service. So to me, um, it's not just about the, the transaction of the holiday. It's about matching your desires with, uh, with the products that we know and love. And ultimately, when you deal with a travel agent, uh, these products have all been bedded. So we know they do what they do. So if I sell you a three-star hotel, I sell you a three-star hotel. Mm -hmm. If I sell you a five-star hotel, I know it's five star and I can match accordingly. Uh, whereas you go on the the, uh, the internet where, again, if I open up my own little bed and breakfast and no one can tell me I'm not five star, I can sell it as That's such. Right. Uh, you, you'll only be disappointed when you walk through my door and you go, this is not a five star product. <laughs> so, you know, to me, it's, it's about, um, you know, having the confidence in the products that I sell, uh, having the knowledge to uh, match those um, experiences with the clients and getting the, uh, 
as I say, not, not selling you the cheapest holiday, but getting you the best value for your holiday um, so that you come back, you talk about it forever. Not only will you come back and deal with me year after year, but you're probably going to tell your, your friends, colleagues, neighbours all about the experience that we were able to create for you. 100%. Um, it's that peace of mind. It's so good. That's so rightly. Now, where's your next holiday? Have you got something planned, booked in? Um, I, I'm very lucky that I'm uh, off to Canada next month to uh, check out some hotels for a supplier. So I'm looking forward to that, taking in the Rocky Mountaineer. Oh. Uh, but in terms of, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Mm. But in terms of personal travel, um, India is actually on my wish list. I'd like to uh, obviously do Delhi, the Taj Mahal, uh, Varanasi absolutely um, blows my mind in terms of, the, you know, the, the the live cremations that they do on the on the riverfront it's yes. just such a cultural difference to anything we do here in the west so i'd, I'd love to experience that and uh, and then go up to Kathmandu and maybe see the um the rhinos in Nepal and, and that. So that that's on my wish list. That's oh. probably the next one in the planning. Yeah. You've got so many fun things coming up, Lee. That's amazing. Thank you so much for all your information on Borneo. You've certainly sold it to me, having no idea about it really, to now being like, I look forward to my own little flop and drop holiday and a bit of adventure to see the orangutan. So thank you so much for all your information and enjoy the Rocky Mountaineer. It's the best. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Looking forward to it. And thank you for your time and uh, happy travels, everyone. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Thanks for listening to The Vacay with Lee from Hello World. You can discover the best deals on flights, hotels, cruises and holiday packages at Hello World Travel. Book online or find your nearest Hello World travel agency at helloworld.com.au. It's where better adventures begin. The Vacay Podcast, brought to you by the team at NIB. Travel insurance to help you on your way.